Okay, guys, here we are again. Welcome back to Two Athletes and a Mic podcast episode number 16, 15, 16. In the 14 to 16 range. Yeah, I think we're probably, yeah, 16 sounds about right. We'll have it in the uh, heading on Spotify. Thank you for voting. We have a new picture, a new podcast cover. Yeah, 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 you guys voted for it. Yeah, and for Davis Lenover, young man who took our photos. Wonderful young man. He is. Very nice, very nice guy. Talented guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hire him? Let us know. Yeah. Why not? Give him credit. Charge us $400 an hour. (laughs) It was an expensive photo. (laughs) Well worth it. We paid $700 for that photo, and we tried to shake each other's hands 90 times before we got it right. That was a battle. Yeah. Trickier than it looks. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen the photo, Brandon and I tried to do a a photo where we both did a jumping push-up and tried to shake hands in the air. And we eventually got it, but uh, there was a lot of falling on our chests and faces. Well, it's tough. You're trying to jump high, plus you're trying to get the handshake and the eye contact, the facial expressions. It's a lot of stuff. It's exhausting work. What do you think about horror movies? Yeah, we're getting into the season. For sure. What do you think about horror? I'm just I'm asking because I was so I took my daughter to Lion King. Okay. Uh, Not not no, but for a kid it might be. Okay. Uh, No, but it was it was great movie. Um, I'm not. I'm still a little bit more partial, I think, to the original just because I grew up with it. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. Loved the Lion King. Mm -hmm. So good. Uh, and to see the remake was was really interesting. It was exciting for me. Like, Long time, I, eh? Like 25 years? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was really excited to take my daughter. I took my middle daughter, Ellie. My uh, oldest daughter got to go to a Shawn Mendes concert that night with my Shawn. wife. So that's, I wanted to do something right special now. with my with my middle daughter to make her feel yeah. you know special. And uh, so we went to The Lion King. And I just thought, I know movies aren't you know something out of the ordinary for most of us. But I thought it was really cool because the original Lion King was such a big part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I wanted to... I wanted her to hopefully experience what I experienced. It was kind of cool. And it was almost to the date. Like, is how old? Um, you and your middle daughter? Uh, middle daughter was six. Yeah, she's six. Six. That's she's probably six. When, like how old? Uh, you, I was a little, little bit older. older. You yeah. were probably around six. Yeah, yeah, I was. I think I was like ten, 10 when yeah. it came out. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but still, and, and I'm wondering, so you've seen The Lion King, yeah. right? You've obviously seen the original a bunch of times. Do you think that, uh, and we won't spend too much time on this, but do you think that the new one hits as hard as the old one does? Like, if you were a six-year-old kid, would you think, like, what do you think would be going through your brain at the time? Well, again, you're having, like, more, like, real-life-looking characters with the CGI, yeah. so that's yeah. one thing. Like, get the big eyes, and like, they actually look like the animals getting... Yeah, trampled Mufasa, right? So that was a hard, that was a rough scene, man. Yeah, and I was, I was actually, I was looking at my, I was looking at my daughter and uh, poking her. Let me see if she's crying. She just ate popcorn. She didn't, didn't, didn't even react, like. Eh? No, no. I mean, she was mm. like, she kind of leaned into me a little bit, but I, I, you know, there were kids in the theater that were like, you know, clutching yeah. their parents and crying. I was like, maybe she's a psycho. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> my daughter's a fucking psycho. Holy maybe shit. Maybe my daughter is a sociopath. She could be. She's just, just watching Mufasa get trampled, just shoveling popcorn in her mouth. There's got to be a sign for something. Crunching away, be. looking up at me. Ah, that was great. <laughs> was I love great. that scar. Like, Excuse me? Um, yeah, this I, is going to be like one of those days, you know. Looking back. She's Yeah. Eight, 18 that? years from now, we're gonna be my wife and I are going to be standing on the front lawn going like, 
we love you. Like, just turn yourself in. <laughs> this is going to be the first time we look back and I'll be like, yeah, she never reacted to the lion. They're going to ask you, like, Mr. Bacon, was there any signs that your daughter was going to be a crazy yeah, person? she was a good person. She was, oh, God. I don't, turn yourself in, sweetheart. We love you. <laughs> she didn't cry at the Lion King. Whoa, whoa. Didn't cry at the Lion King? Big issue. Uh, but no, I think, I think it hit hard. Like, hit me hard. I cried. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, anyway. Yeah, good movie. Uh, but horror movies, you watch them? You watch horror movies? Yeah, I'm not, like, it's tough. I don't watch Ghosts 1. Like, I want to watch something that I could see as, like, maybe happening in real life. Like, that's scary to me. Yeah. So something like a, I, I'm the exact same way, like man. A, like, yeah. a, you know, cr- creepy people break into a house and kill someone, or they're, tor- you know, like, yeah. like that, yeah. that's freaky to me, because you're yeah. like, fuck, man, this could actually happen. Like, yeah. it won't, but it could happen. But he has something like a you know Bride of Chucky or whatever the hell. That's like, ridiculous. The, yeah. All the ghost ones or the poltergeist. I'm like, I don't believe in that, so it doesn't really. I know, neither do I. And it's, it's spooky. so it's spooky. It's fun the... sometimes to see the creativity behind the movie. Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm watching a movie where somebody's being haunted by something, I'm literally just I'm just being entertained. I'm not being scared because I'm same like token. We're talking about it earlier. And yeah. And that's not a thing that's ever going to happen. But I still like the movie. It. I'm going to see yeah. it too, and I'm like sure I'll have a lot of spooky freaky moments that you're like oh shit that's, that's pretty chilling what's so, the scariest movie you've ever seen if, if you had to pick one like one that hit home and scared like, like Halloween's are, uh, have been scary for me yeah, yeah like, like Myers. Myers yeah, yeah. Um, like, I'm a huge fan Shining's even kind of it's fan. super creepy Shining you was know scary. like that yeah. one's just like yeah, a guy who's just literally lost his marbles lost his mind yeah he is like gonna kill his family and just it was like such a creepy but very, again, very very... something that can happen. Like, yeah. it, it's, you know, maybe not in the, such a cinematic way, but no, it's but... something that, you know, can happen. Yeah. And uh, I think one one for me that I saw, and I was an adult when I saw this, I was, you know, it probably came out when I was like 22 or something like that, but was uh, 28 Days Later. Okay. That's Amazing. the zombie one, right? Yeah, but see, the difference is there's so many, there's so many zombie movies out there, right? Like, zombies, I, I feel like, get... They're, they're overdone. Like, they've been done to death. Yeah. Like, I've watched every season of The Walking Dead, for example, uh, and I feel like it's just fucking time to end it. Like, it's enough like already. That yeah. That show, like, you just watch this sometimes, you're like, shit, guys. Like, you know, this, we're on season nine. Shoot him in the head. <laughs> yeah. Move on. We know. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they're like hand to hand combat with the zombies <laughs> in the woods. You know, like, Have you tried using guns you yet? You got whoa, a whoa, gun. Whoa. We want to keep this fair. Okay? You got a gun. Did like, the guns kill the zombies? What are you using a stick? Did the guns kill yeah, the zombies? Yeah, just but in the show they have to they have to get hit in the head. Yeah. So they either have to put like a spike through their head or a knife in their head or a bullet in their yeah. head. Oh, so. But they all got guns. Mm. They have a. They have literally like a fucking bullet manufacturer. That just like it's this plant where all these people just manufacture bullets and ammunition. It's like it, it, we it seems in the show like you have an endless supply. So what are you taking hatchets out in the woods for? Like shit, man! Like yeah, just yeah. take a gun. <laughs> it's crazy. You look at the options. Hmm, butter knife. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, take I'll take that. I want a challenge today. I want a challenge today. <laughs> but no, that twenty-eight days later, just because it was. Uh, like, it, it would be qualified, I guess, as a zombie movie, but it was a, an illness in the movie. Okay. So it was essentially a disease that they contracted that yeah. turned them into these, like, raging, lunatic, zombie, foaming at the mouth, kind of bleeding from the eyes people. Yeah. Um, and it was, but it was so creepy and well done. And I just, mm. that was one where I was like, fuck, like, how far away are we from this? Like, we've already had, you know, moments in human history where, you know, a quarter of the planet was wiped out by a plague. 
you know, like how far off are we from, you know, contracting a disease that alters your brain chemistry? Like we had mad cow, for example, and I know not many people got it, but it was like, it literally causes people to go crazy. Yeah. What about that salt tablet thing? few years back remember that oh bath salts the one guy's eating someone they're like salts? zombies yeah. are coming yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure he's just a crazy fucking homeless guy yeah yeah um keep talking matt so the, we're not uh, being interrupted right now have a good weekend see you Jules. so anyway the uh, i'm with you though like i like realistic horse i like uh horror films that are uh that you look at you watch and you think that could happen because that's that's scary to me yeah yeah anyway okay. i just thought i'd ask I'm sure we'll get uh, way more on this topic come halloween time. getting in the season of uh horror movies yeah. and yeah anyway uh so accessibility accessibility and and what we mean by accessibility and this is something that we wanted to talk about today because i think it affects all of us in in today's world is how accessible as human beings we are to one another and what that kind of means for our, you know, our own lifestyle, our own happiness, our own stress, ability to manage stresses. Mm -hmm. And is it a good or a bad thing? And if it is a good thing, when does that, what's the tipping point? Right. And I think that's a, a, a worthwhile discussion topic. And if anybody has any comments, like hit us up in the comments on. Uh, we need them. Yeah, or, no. on, you know, on no, our. We want, we want to engage with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I think moderation is like always comes back to moderation is key and knowing yourself. That's the thing I think people because we can blame social media. and We can blame any sort of device out there that might take our attention away from things that are actually important to us. Right. But it's our responsibility to, like, dial in and be like, well, is this affecting me in a negative way? Has this useful, convenient, efficient tool done all it can for me right now in a good way? And it's actually harming the things I actually want to rectify. And it's that self-awareness. I think people, they, they honestly don't even take, a time, take the time to, like, sit down, sit back, and be like, holy shit, man. Like, I spent, my, spent like, three hours on the, on the phone today. Yeah. Because, again, you don't really like accumulate time when you're five minutes here 10 minutes there 15 minutes there you don't think it's three hours but before you know it you're like shit that's a lot of time i use this and this device and it's very accessible to me and i used a shit ton of it and you don't really know notice how much it has affected you yes right? i agree yeah but so i am not a i am far from a social media junkie yeah. i don't spend a whole lot of time on social media like i have an instagram and a facebook page i i'm not on twitter uh, I very rarely do anything on Facebook and, unless I'm uploading something to Instagram and then I just click upload to Facebook as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I genuinely don't care. Um, but it's now, tough because we're both building brands at the end of the day. Absolutely. You know, that's the, absolutely. the tricky part for a lot of people. Here's the thing. Too. I try and care. Yeah. And this is me just being perfectly honest. You know, like, I like having engagement with people on mm -hmm. social media, but there comes a time very like it happens very quickly for me where I'm like, holy fuck enough. I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. And for me, having said that, that I'm not somebody who, you know, is a social media junkie. My accessibility factor, I feel like is through the fucking roof. Yeah. You can call me, yeah. although no one ever does, because apparently only old people call each yeah. other anymore. You can text, you can email me. I have a WhatsApp. I have Facebook. I have Instagram. I have, like, there are a dozen ways to get a hold of me. Yeah. And I fucking hate it. <laughs> I, I don't like being that accessible. Yeah. Right? I understand for business purposes, you need to be. 
But in but a, I in don't a way, like it. But then that's that's what I'll, I'll even disagree with in terms not with you, but the idea that mo- the general population says like it's a necessity to be to be so accessible. It's like it is not. No, that's what I mean. Like, there are very successful people who ran very successful businesses and led very happy lives for a long fucking time before yeah. Facebook came And I came think this along. comes back to like how efficient are you compared to like, how accessible you are. You know, if you're not very efficient. Then the accessibility of email, WhatsApp, and I can be contacted throughout the day. Yeah. That's just you not really allocating your time appropriately. Absolutely. You know? So, and again, I'm reading the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, right? And it talks a lot about how to be more efficient with these certain platforms and just throughout your day. And it does open your eyes to be like how much time that you are wasting by being accessible and thinking that like, oh, it's always good to be like within arm's reach or a phone call's reach to get connected with someone. You're like, this isn't doing me any, there's a lot of back and forth, there's a lot of unnecessary communication. Like we talked about like having meetings more than once a a month, I think is kind of a a waste of time. I don't think that much changes week to week, right? So it's like, how can you really just be more efficient with your time? So you can have more time to do things. Again, you're a parent, you your husband, like, you, you work, you do a whole bunch of shit. Like, you want to have time for that stuff. You want to be as efficient as possible in, like, your business stuff without giving up time with those people. Yep. I agree. You yeah. Know? But what is – so maybe an important question is – and I don't know if I have the answer, but how do you identify mm-hmm. when enough is enough? How do you identify through your day where you, where you say, I am dedicating altogether too much time – to social media, to being on my fucking phone, which is, I think, the most tragic quality of the young generation today. You will literally see, you can see it on a go train. You can see it in a store. You can see it in here. You can see wherever you go, you will see groups of young people, even friends. You'll see friends in restaurants eating and three or four of them are sitting at the table all on their cell phones together. You have two, three, whatever people you care about directly in front of you. And you can't stop looking at your cell phone to have a genuine conversation with one another. Mm -hmm. That's tragic. It is, absolutely. And it's not a one-off. This isn't something that's, you know, this, this isn't something rare. It's not something that you only see once in a while it's something that you can find everywhere you go nowadays because it's easy yeah we are very we're very good at going towards what's easy not like obviously right it's just it's an easier path to absolutely be on our phone and be disconnected and and we're gonna get those dopamine releases from the videos we watch through the likes the comments through the feeds like but again, it goes back to like I think a lot of people are just ignorant towards how powerful these devices are, and they don't understand like how like this today or tomorrow is going to affect their next month or next year or five years from now. And I think it goes back to like well, really understanding. And again, once you do research and you and you take the time to really educate yourself on these topics of like how to live a more fulfilling, exciting life, something that we do with corporations and people, we we keep seeing like there's a common denominator. Right, like social connection, being physically active, being out in nature, being with family, being with loved ones, you know, living a healthy, balanced lifestyle, and like those are the common denominators. Like at this, it comes a point where like, oh man, like there's never a thing that says be on your phone more. Yeah. So we're so aware of it. We're like, holy shit, man! Like we we've 
done our research. We've talked to people. Like we've been in the fitness industry so long that we don't just sit down with someone. They come to the gym and it's a conversation about, hey, how how long do you want to get in shape or how, how you know what's your, what's your goals? Yeah. So they're like, hey, what's your life like? Like what what's what's going on right now? Like what what's been happening in your life? What do you want to accomplish? And it goes back to people who are just unfulfilled. I I prefer. Converse, human conversation. I prefer yeah. in person or at worst case scenario over the phone conversation. Mm-hmm. And most people who know me or worked with me uh, know this. And to the point where uh, in the last job I had where I was managing a you know a, a substantial team of people, mm-hmm. um, I would refuse to respond to emails that were over one paragraph long. Okay. So people would email me, and it would be. You know, I, I would hate it. I get these emails and they'd be, you know, like literally five paragraphs long. And it's just somebody rambling about some fucking thing that you could communicate over the phone mm-hmm. in a quarter of the time. So the argument that I always hear against making a phone call is the same. It's always, well, it's, you know, get with the times. It's, it's more efficient. It's more efficient to communicate by email. It is not. It definitely isn't, though. It's not. It leads a paper trail. It's not. If you are texting somebody and your text conversation goes back and forth 15 times, if you have to say to somebody like, hey, you going to be there by 6 o'clock? Yes. Okay, good. Text. That's what texting is for. If you go, hey, what are your thoughts on the meeting we had yesterday? And you send that over email, holy fuck, I will not respond to you. I will not respond to you. So I would get these long emails. And before people started to realize that I genuinely meant what I said, where I would say, I told them all in person, that means I will not reply to an email if it's longer than a paragraph. Mm -hmm. And so then I don't know if it was just people forgetting or trying to test this theory or whatever or not giving a shit, but they would send a big email and it would be say something about scheduling. Like, I can't work this, blah, blah, blah. And so, and I would just write back simply. I'd reply and I'd write, too long, didn't read, send. And I would send it off. And then the person would be like, you know, and then you get a phone call. And that email that would have taken me 15 minutes to respond to, I've resolved that issue over the phone with communication. Yeah in three minutes and on top of that it's so easy to misinterpret somebody's tone tone over an email and then you it's just anyways but yeah i think that we need to communicate more and i think that which leads us into our next topic what are some hacks that we can give people what are some things people can do to be more efficient and less accessible but just as connected have, I, 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 I think I believe the more human beings that you communicate with yeah. directly one on one every day will not only make you a more efficient person, it helps you build healthier relationships mm-hmm. with the people who are in your life and that have an impact on your success as an individual. Right? If the coach is in here, if if I'm not communicating with you, that will have an effect on my success or my ability to do my job. Yeah. Right. And you have to keep that in mind. The people that you work with in your office, if you work with, if you work in an office, like how many people out there have worked in an office and sent an email to somebody who literally works on the same fucking floor? Yeah. And you're emailing them instead of getting up, walking 30 feet Mm -hmm. and asking that question. You're telling me that's really quicker. It's more efficient to email. There's no way. There's no way. So communicate with other human beings whenever possible. 
Now, if you are doing email, there's ways to make that more efficient too, right? Like you said, there's, there's things where you can literally just be like, hey, I'm only going to respond to emails at 12 to 4, and you have like a preemptive message you send out to your, like, you know, if someone texts you at, or emails you at 1 o'clock, that gets sent out, right? right. Or, and you literally just check it at those times, man. And then when you do respond an email, you give like a concrete, assertive response. Of like, hey, this is when I can meet, two, three, or four. Let me know which one works for you. And end there. Don't go back for like what time works for you. And then they give you a time. And then you go, well, those times don't work for me. I have a Tuesday open at this time. No, I can't do Tuesdays. And then it's like nine threads. And you're like, fuck this. Like, I don't want to look at this email anymore. You get lost. Like, I get lost yeah, on those emails. absolutely. I'm like, yeah. I don't know where I, I lost those emails. Yeah, I give up on them. I at do. that point, I I'm do. like, ah, I'm like fuck I, it. And I start a new thread. Call me. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Like, then this be like, you need to be like, someone's got to be a goddamn alpha in that room and be like, hey, man, like, this is what we're doing. Be assertive. Be efficient. And, like, just, just lay it out. Lay, lay it out flat for people to understand what when your availability is. If urgent, if this needs to be fucking done, here's where you can reach me. Yep. Phone number. Absolutely. Leave it at that for emails. You know, like, it doesn't have to be a back and forth of shenanigans. And It is also man. significantly healthier for your psychological landscape to communicate with people in person. Of course. To have those... Casual in person conversations, conversations. Yeah. and and it leads the lack there of those conversations and there's a lot of research to support this so this goes a little beyond what my opinion is but i also know how i feel as a human being on a daily basis and maybe it's different for some people but i believe that the amount of social anxiety issues that we see has a hell of a lot to do with the fact that we don't communicate with one another the same way it's not honest, genuine, in-person conversation. We communicate with one another or to the world through Instagram or through Facebook or through whatever. And half of it is fucking bullshit. Right. It's, it's, half it's of it is bullshit. Yeah. Like, you don't get somebody's honest perspective very often on Instagram. Yeah. What you normally get is somebody pretending every moment of their life is happy and amazing and fulfilling. And you know that that's not the truth, right? Like, it, it's almost like when you when you spend too much time on Instagram or Facebook, like you are literally just starving for somebody to just be honest. Yeah. After a while, like, and I understand when you're on vacation, everything's great, whatever. But like, I, I would I would honestly I would like and comment on anybody's if they said like. You know, I'm having a shit day. My boss is a prick. I'm, you know, I got stuck in traffic. Like, you know what I mean? Don't like, do this regularly. No. But, it, it doesn't, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, it, it can't all be. Or, or, on that same token, have the self-awareness to realize that everyone's doing this. Everyone's putting their best self out there and know that we all have shit going on. And just to like, understand that. Be like, hey, man, if Matt posts a picture that he's, like, living a great life, that shouldn't affect me if I'm living an actual, authentically happy, fulfilling life. I should be like, okay, it's Instagram. This is what Instagram does. The platform is to showcase your life. Right. Which is going to be And everybody 99%. wants followers and no one's going to follow you if you're no, seeming so sad. It comes back to us on the self-awareness fact. Like, hey, this is what social media is. Am I really surprised everyone's showing me the best life? And again, if you're actually happy, it goes back to like just get the fuck off Instagram if it's doing you that much Absolutely, harm. yeah. Because if you're going out and you're pursuing things and you're challenging yourself and you're living like an exciting, fulfilling, true life to who you are, it shouldn't fucking matter if someone has a million dollars if they're broke. Like, it, it honestly shouldn't. It can come to the point where like someone tells you something in person and you're like, cool, man, that's awesome that you're doing that. 
And right. if you're so focused on your shit, not in like a selfish way, but like, like it shouldn't matter. But so many people, they're looking for these little like hints of failure from other people to build themselves up. Which again, you're like, yep. what do you like? You you know you're gonna this game is gonna blow up in your fucking face because now you're playing a game you have no control over, you have no leverage in, and you're looking for these little wins and losses and other people, and then you're like, that's not rectifying the core issue of what's actually going on in someone's head or body. And honestly, guys, like it leads to social anxiety. Okay, so let's talk a little it bit leads about, to it. about like, anxiety then and depression. Like, what would you? Because I know a lot of people that say they have anxiety and depression. Now, this is a real right thing. off the bat, though. Let's let's qualify this by saying that they are not the same thing, right? Anxiety and depression are not the same yeah. thing. Uh, and often, well, not often, but in in quite a few cases, in a decent percentage of cases, people suffer from both. Mm-hmm. But the link between the two is not concretely understood. And you and I are not fucking mental health experts here. We we have like no you know, no, but that. I, like, I we're think fairly educated in that realm. I am not a neuroscientist, yeah. but I uh, I think we are significantly yes. more well-read and prepared than most people are on the subject. Uh, And I have also suffered from both, so I can Mm -hmm. speak to it from experience. So, Because because I feel people that follow in any of those categories, like, they'll they'll eventually label themselves as, like, I'm Brandon and I'm depressed. Right. They won't say it, but they think it. They think it. And they might might even go on social media and say that. They might actually just say, like, hey, like, I go through depression, guys, and I want to know, and, like, and, and, and they put it out there. But then I always, I always dial it back. I'm like, I want to see like how you're structuring like the basic fundamental principles of your life first before getting any, you know, pharmaceutical therapy. And that can be something that works for people. But I still want to understand like the structure of your life. If I see someone who's depressed or anxious and their diet is all out of whack or their sleep schedule is all out of whack or they have no social connection, they're always on Instagram. Right. They don't exercise regularly. I'm like, that's the fucking problem. I'm not saying that's the, if you fix those five things, everything goes away. But to say you're depressed or anxious and you don't have those five fucking things taken care of, man, I have no sympathy or empathy for you at that point because you're in control of that shit. And I just, I get sick and tired of being like, man, like you're, you're not even trying at this point. You've literally just said, fuck it. it that's what's happening. If you're not doing those things, man, the things that you know are going to help you, that are going to aid you at least. Not necessarily rectify the issue, but help you. I agree. I, I'm going to go off on this for a little bit. Um, and I'm not, I do disagree with some of it, but here is my, so first of all, I believe that it's, it's, a, it's much more of a catch-22 with people. Now, I do think that people need to investigate their lives more and make an effort to genuinely understand where the anxiety is coming from. Now, having said that, I'm saying this with compassion because I have been this person at times in my life. Um, It is very difficult to even motivate yourself into doing that type of internal investigation or self-reflection when you are feeling depressed. So when you are feeling like you are in that state where you are just, it's almost like catastrophe is around every corner. It's hard to give a shit about what you're eating or it's hard to give a shit about but you gotta. exercise. What's the answer? I understand that, you but know? I think that with a lot of people, it takes someone who is going to be very understanding and compassionate to even for them to even receive that message. Now, when it comes to anxiety, I don't think a lot of people even understand what's happening to them when they get anxious. So, you know, 
what, so whether you are religious or not, we will say, I think we need to all agree and come to terms with the fact that we evolved from monkeys and or apes and we are animals. We are animals as human beings and all animals are anxious. Anxiety is essentially a manifestation of your fight or flight response, mm -hmm. right? And it's how what happens to you as an individual and how you control that. And that's panic is essentially just an elevated or a in more intense version of anxiety. So you take something like a rabbit, for example, and I think that this is worth anyone who's listening to try and understand this, right? You take somebody like a rabbit, they don't have the same same anxieties and stresses that we do, right? So a rabbit's stress is going to come from being, I don't know, eaten by a wolf, yeah. right? So when they see a wolf, right, all those physiological responses to anxiety in the body occur. Right, so the blood vessels dilate a little bit, so more blood can, more oxygen can get to the muscular system. Their focus or their eyes dilate so that they can literally focus on the threat right in front of them. Now, as human beings, we have very different stresses. You know, thousands of years ago, we probably would have had very similar stresses, but today our stresses manifest themselves differently. It's, you know, like, holy fuck, I don't know if I put enough money aside this year uh, to pay my income tax. Am I going to have to dip into my line of credit? Stressful, right? Like, oh my God, I, uh, I'm i going to be late coming home from work. My wife's going to kill me because we were supposed to go to dinner with her parents. And people get anxious about that, mm -hmm. right? Or the fear of death or something. But in almost all cases, anxiety comes from fear. And that's why when we talk, I, I like to speak about fear a lot because what you are afraid of is what you will be anxious of. And I know for me, one of the biggest things was basically understanding that bad things can happen or the things that I was afraid of can happen and I wasn't going to die. Mm -hmm. Nothing drastically changed in my life, mm -hmm. right? Like... There were times where I had massive amounts of financial insecurity and it made me so anxious. When I was starting my business years ago, for example, I was terrified all the time and I started suffering from panic attacks. Now, I had a, a death of somebody who was extremely close to me, my mother, and that didn't help because I never really grieved for her properly and I just carried on like nothing happened, which was the worst thing you can do. Mm -hmm. But so all of this manifested at the same time where I was, you know, I was almost paranoid of everything that went wrong with me. Every time I'd get sick, I'd have this underlying fear that something tragic was happening to me because I saw this happen to someone I cared about. Mm -hmm. And the financial insecurity or the worry or my inability, my fear of inability, being unable to pay for, you know, a life for my wife and I and our kids or whatever, that started to affect me. But then, you know, you realize that you might have a month where, it's difficult to pay your mortgage or you have to call the mortgage company and say, hey, I'm not going to be able to make the payment this month. What do I do about it? Mm -hmm. And then you figure out a solution to that very calmly. And then you realize that, huh, you know, like not as this, bad as I thought. Yeah, it's not as bad as I, it's one of the it's one, one of the reasons why some of the most effective form of therapy and treatment for anxiety is exposure therapy. Mm -hmm. Like it has phenomenal success rates when you compare it to a lot of other very tactical forms of therapy, right? So for example, if somebody has, uh, if somebody got, you know, I, I don't know, if they were bit by a dog, right? Somebody gets attacked by a dog when they're a kid, 
it is very reasonable for that person to then have a fear of dogs. Mm -hmm. It's reasonable for that person when they see a big dog or they're walking down the street and somebody's walking a Rottweiler to have that fight or flight response. The heart rate starts to accelerate. They start to breathe heavier. They start to feel cold or sweaty or whatever. And that is their brain going, we either need to fight this fucking dog or we need to run from it. But what we're not going to do is stand here because that thing could attack me just like the German Shepherd did when I was three years old. And often the best form of therapy would be something like going to, you know, go to a dog pound and put yourself in that situation so that you can understand I can be around these creatures Mm -hmm. and they're not going to attack me and everything will be okay. And it's not going to rid yourself of the fear immediately. But over time, you start to understand that I have nothing to fear here. Like everything gets easier over time. Absolutely. When you you, you go into it like an appropriate manner. Right. Right. You're not going to throw yourself in like, hey, man, I'm going to go to... But there's four shepherds around me. No, He's but like there needs said, to be there needs to be a process that's yeah. thought out. There needs to be a method of treatment, yeah. right? What does not work if you are an anxious or a depressed person? And anxiety is the most common form of mental illness in today's modern yeah. world. Uh, re- different studies will say different things, but around thirty to thirty-five percent on the high end of people suffer from anxiety disorders. And some of them crippling anxiety disorders, which manifest themselves into like flat out phobias where they're unable to even leave the house sometimes. But what will not work if you're somebody who suffers from anxiety, and I can speak to this from personal experience, is not doing anything about it. Because a lot of people, they suffer from anxiety and they just try and live with it. And as you said, they label themselves, I'm just an anxious person. Yeah, you might be more genetically prone to being anxious. You know, if you had a parent, for example, who suffered from, you know, chronic anxiety issues, you are probably more likely than the person who didn't have a parent that suffered from anxiety to suffer from it yourself. Yeah. But you can do something about it. You can always do something about it. It does not have to be your life. But what does not work is just hoping it will go away. Or putting a mask on. Right, but a lot of people will you know, like financial insecurity yeah. is is probably the most common most common catalyst of our anxiety today, right? Because we all have it. We live in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's expensive to live here. It is not cheap. You know, if you want to own a home and have a family, you need to make a good living. Yeah. You can't make $50,000 a year and have one earner in the house anymore and be able to own a home. It just doesn't exist. And that's that's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful, but sitting and going, my anxiety will disappear when I make more money. When I get that promotion at work in three years, I will be a less anxious person because then I'll be making $100,000 a year. And once I make $100,000 a year, then my stresses and worries about paying the mortgage and taxes and car payments and cell phone bills and all the shit that you have to pay for will disappear because I'm making more money. No, that's not how it works because you will then find something different to be anxious about. And by that time, you will probably be so affected by your anxiety, by your panic, by your stress, that it's probably going to affect your performance at work. You're going to start to take days off. You're going to start to feel sorry for yourself. You're going to start to withdraw from your friends and from the connections that you have in your community, for example. And all of that will affect your inability or your ability to perform and probably make as much money or be as successful or feel as fulfilled as you should be. Yeah. Right. And, and so, I, and I think it goes with like, without saying like this stuff is going to be difficult to do. Right. Absolutely. If, if you're someone who does suffer from anxiety or depression, 
is like we understand that like it's a thing you don't really want to do but you have to do right you know it's like it's not comfortable doing these things and facing your fears right but the other option is to live within that fear and be that anxious depressed potentially suicidal person and right. that's not an option no nope. that shouldn't be an option for anybody so if you are a loved one too of these people reach out and and like and 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 I get be empathetic for them, but also kind of be that stern voice to be like, hey, we, we need to do something about this. Yeah, you know, like there that we need to kind of just move forward and 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 see how we best can approach the situation rather than just being like, I'm gonna be someone who's just there for them and let them kind of like dwell in their in their pity and give them what they want rather than give them what they need. And I think, but, and I agree with you 100%. I just think if you are that person who, like say you have a loved one or somebody you greatly care about that is suffering from mental health issues or suffering from particularly anxiety or depression, Mm -hmm. right? I do think, because I had my wife, for example, who at times would just say, you know, like, you need to do some enough's enough. You need to do something about this. Yeah. Right. And it must've been infuriating for her to see me perform at half of my ability for periods of time in my life, because I was so affected by these issues. Yeah. But it also, you also need to come to that person. It, it, I would say on an individual basis, but you need to come to that person with compassion and understanding sure. and you need to assure them through your compassion, your understanding that you are there to help them. Mm-hmm. And you are not there because you're just sick of their shit, yeah. right? Because that that definitely doesn't work in most cases. But you are absolutely right. What most people need who are suffering from depression is connection. Yeah, that really is the solution to it, right? Yeah, modern pharmacology has its place, and if you are somebody who's chronically depressed, and, and medication can help you. If it can literally help you live a better life, then I am all for it. But it's really hard to get off medications like that once you're on them because it does alter the performance and the chemistry of your brain. So once you're on them, it's a slippery slope, right? And you don't want to, I don't think anybody wants to be on medication their whole life, right? Like that's not, that's not an ideal way to live. So it is worth investigating. It's worth, as you said earlier, changing your diet. Maybe go see a nutritionist or a naturopath because the foods we eat particularly the heavy metals, for example, that we ingest on a daily basis and the levels of them, and we're not going to get into this in this podcast, we can do it at another time, but the levels of heavy metals that we eat, we know there's scientific links and it's proven between heavy metal consumption and mental health, right? So the things you eat affect you. How much sleep you get, as you said, affects you. One that we haven't touched on is exercise, One of the greatest things you can do if you're suffering from anxiety or depression is routinely and regularly exercise. And with that, find a form of exercise that you enjoy doing. It doesn't mean like you have to be a fucking ultra marathon or a marathon where you have to go go to hit weights. It can be a yoga class. But you need to move your body and see some sort of growth and development and improvement. You can't just be like, I hate working out. That's not an excuse because there's too many goddamn options to invest in and be like, hey, I enjoy maybe playing basketball every day in the community yeah. league. You can go play volleyball, basketball, hockey, whatever. I don't care off the bat, make them small changes. But to say I don't like exercising, man, that's a bullshit, weak-minded excuse. And you need to find something that allows you to move your body continuously. Yeah. And maybe it can be within a community center. Yeah. You can add that social element in there, too. Like There's just so many options. So 
It's just like, I don't know, it's just so obvious to me in those, in these aspects to be like, man, like just, you, you gotta just embrace this, you know, you gotta, you gotta take advantage of what research is out there because, man, there are books and endless articles and scientifically peer-reviewed articles and people that have been through it, that have gotten out of your situation. Everyone's situation is different, I get that, but at the same time, they're all very similar at the same time, too. And like I said, just doing nothing and being like, well, this is, uh, this part I'm not going to change, that's selfish for yourself and it's selfish for the people that love you. I, I think that uh, I really do think though that speaking to other people who have su- and, and you know what now 30 years ago it was almost a sign of weakness to admit that yeah. you suffered from anxiety or depression right? so nobody talked about it nobody talked about the fact now that everyone, were, everyone has now, it, every, right? now everybody talks about it which is a good thing but it's almost become a sign of strength now to I admit know. that you yeah. are an anxious or a depressed person right and it is what it is that's fine but Talking to other human beings who have been through what you've been through and know how to manage it is probably the most important thing that you can do. That's probably the biggest principle in life. Like, success leaves clues. Like, find people that have done what you want to do or getting out of a situation that you want to get out of and, like, just follow their steps. Like, it's there's a success trail yeah. there. You don't need to be like, well, I need to create the blueprint of getting out of the anxiety and depression. Like, you don't have to do that. That's exhausting and it's probably not going to work out. So, you know, like find the path of other successful people that have gotten out of your situation and fuck, copy, steal, and cheat, man, until you get what you want, you know? Right. I, like two examples I can think of. For one, like say you are someone who suffers from alcoholism, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do? What is the most what what is known right now as the most effective form of treatment for alcohol? They go to Alcoholics Anonymous, right? There's different institutions, but they go to something like Alcoholics Anonymous. To what? Talk to yeah. another alcoholic <laughs> who has then become sober and can help give them some ideas, some information, some, you know, life experience on what they did and how they did it. They don't go and talk to their fucking plumber or a pro golfer or, you know, like why would you? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So why, you know, why would you why would you go and talk to somebody if you're suffering from anxiety who has no experience with anxiety, depression, or knows nothing about it, right? Or how to manage it. Or for example, if you were diagnosed with cancer, if somebody said to you, Brandon, you have fucking bladder cancer, and then they were like, that guy had bladder cancer, that woman also had bladder cancer, but they're fine now. Wouldn't you go? Well, fuck, I should probably talk to those people. Yeah. I should probably go check out what they did to recover from their bladder cancer. Right? Not just, oh, well, the di- the doctor diagnosed me with anxiety or bladder cancer. Well, this is fucking life now. Yeah. You know, like, go talk to, seek out help. I like what you said earlier. Success leaves clues. Right? So talk to other individuals. Find people, because there's so many out there yep. who have suffered from similar issues, similar circumstances. Right, and you can get knowledge. You can you can literally use their experience to your advantage, and that's how life works. It's how we develop skill sets. It's how we become successful. Yeah. No one gets good at what they do by inventing a, a totally new path in life. Right? Even people who invent new products, people who invent new systems, we talk about the services. Ball. Boasty ball. Someone just cut yeah. that Swiss ball in half. Cut the Swiss ball in half. It was a Swiss ball. You know, before that, I don't know what happened, but it was probably somebody lying on a fucking pillow or a stone and went, shit, this would be way more comfortable if it was soft. You know, but it's evolution. It's yeah. product. It's service evolution. 
It's the same thing with pharmacology, with mental health. We learn a little bit by little bit over long periods of time. So use the people who have come before you. Use the people who have battled this to help you overcome it. And I truly believe that connecting with other individuals, particularly ones with experience, is the best thing that you can do. Love it. We'll wrap it on that. All right, hey guys. Peace out. Sub. Comment. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah. That's, that'd be a good thing to do. Subscribe. That way you get our automatic update of when a new episode's out. Absolutely. You gotta wait for us. Yeah. Easy. Convenient. Accessible. <laughs>